There's a thief among us. There's a thief among us, church. His tactics are carefully calculated and his motives often go unnoticed. His friends are many and his enemies few. His person cannot be seen with the naked eye and his effects are not always realized. In his care, purposes are disappointed, dreams are scattered, and progress is halted. With him, this thief in our midst, ambition is lost and hope is diminished. In his presence, good ideas are shot down and vision is lost forever. Hang around this thief long enough and your divine destiny will be destroyed. His ideas break up families, discourage leaders, and stifle the growth of the church. His methods are many, but his motive is one. He works on many fronts under many different disguises so as to disguise his identity. He is what the doubtful, the discouraged, the depressed, the disheartened, the distraught, the defeated, the disengaged, the dysfunctional, the despondent, and those in despair all have in common. He steals from others, listen, what they most likely will never even know is missing. He goes by many different names, but when called out by his real name, he will always deny it. What is his name? This morning I introduce to you the thief in our midst, Mr. Bad Attitude. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1 is our text verse. Verse 1. You say, well, the word bad attitude ain't in the Bible. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. While you're turning, let me say this. Your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible said, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. The Lord heard it, and His anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. My focus being on those four words, when the people complained. What causes one to complain? What causes one to doubt? What causes one to get discouraged? What causes someone to go into depression? What causes someone to get disheartened? 
What causes someone to become distraught? What causes someone to become defeated? What causes someone to become disengaged and dysfunctional and despondent? What causes someone to come to the conclusion that they are in despair and there's no hope? It's this thing called a bad attitude. And in our text verse, it came in the form of complaining. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord. Let me say this, church. You will always get what you're looking for. You know what an attitude is? An attitude is nothing more than your perspective on life and your reaction to that perspective. If you always look at things full of doubt and gloom and despair and agony and oh, everything's just gone to the dogs and always got that little that bad attitude about things, you're always going to react upon your belief system. Amen. The Bible calls the church of the living God to be a people of faith. Let me tell you something. Faith and a bad attitude cannot coexist. Somebody say amen right there. Faith and a bad attitude cannot coexist. If you have a bad attitude, you're full of doubt. You show me a man full of faith and I'll show you a man that's got a good attitude. Hmm. You might say this morning, well, if you had my circumstances, you'd have a bad attitude too. Now, let me tell you something, honey. Your attitude determines your altitude. Has it ever occurred to you that the reason you're in the shape you're in today might be because you've had a bad attitude that's led you up to where you are today? Has it ever occurred to you that if you changed your attitude about things and started looking for the positive in things and looking for God to move and becoming a man or woman full of faith, that your circumstances just might follow your attitude of faith? that you may actually improve your life, that things might start picking up for you? Because your attitude is your belief system. And if your attitude stinks, your belief system stinks. And if your belief system stinks, you're going to act according to your beliefs. For example, let's say I decide I want to become an entrepreneur and I want to start my own business. But I get to hanging around people whose businesses have failed in the past. And they fill my head full of all the reasons why I should never start my own business. Guess what I'm going to do? Because I've let someone else develop my belief system that businesses fail, I will never take the first step in starting a business because of my attitude about it. Because of my attitude is shaped by my belief that businesses fail and therefore I don't want to be a failure, so I'm not going to start a business because the business will fail if I start it. So I've lost the battle before I've even begun it. Amen. Bad attitude stinks. Don't need one in the church. Don't need one. Mr. Bad Attitude steals. Said well ago that it steals from us things that we most likely will never even know that was stolen. You know why? Because it steals our future. It steals what could have been had we trusted God. It steals what could have been accomplished had we took a step of faith rather than believing the naysayer. 
it stole uh, from a whole generation in the book of Joshua the promised land. Remember the, the twelve that spied out the land, ten come back with the bad report, the bad attitude crowd, then two of them had a good attitude, Joshua and Caleb, they said, we can take it, let's go at once and take it. The other ten said, oh no, 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 we look like grasshoppers in these fellow size, we're going to get whooped to kingdom come if we go over there. And I'm paraphrasing, that's Gary Caldwell version. What happened? What was the difference between the two and the ten? Bad attitude. And I said the attitude, the bad attitude has many friends and few enemies. That's the truth. Because 90% of the population or better probably have bad attitudes. <coughs> Their world has been so affected by the sin that they cannot see a possibility of overcoming sin because they're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Their whole mindset and frame of mind has been bent toward the negative instead of the positive, bent toward doubt instead of faith because of uh, a negative uh, experiences in their life and they assume that because it's been bad that it always will be bad but that's not necessarily the case you've got to believe that tomorrow can be better than today you've got to believe that today can be better than yesterday just because it has been bad don't mean it has to continue to be that way change your belief system and your attitude will pick up Amen. You said, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Well, I'm teaching you this morning. It's in there. When the people complained that they displeased the Lord so much, they started killing some of them. Let me tell you something. Your bad attitude will kill you. God don't even have to help it. It'll drain from you everything, every hope, every stitch and glimmer of hope that you could possibly have or imagine in your life. Could you imagine today what your life would be and how different it would be if you'd been full of faith the last 10 years of your life. If you've been full of excitement, zeal for the Lord, and a positive attitude, you say, well, you're going to have to give me more to convince me than that, Brother Gary. Well, just hang on to your seats. You will never get what you're not looking for. If you're not looking for success, you're not going to get it. Hey, listen, if you always get what you are looking for, if you look for failure, guess what? You're going to find it. Listen, church, if you look for flaws in this church, in this ministry, you're going to find them. <laughs> Don't even have to look far. If you look for reasons not to do something for God or not to do something for the church or not to do something for Brother Gary, there's many reasons to bring up and to discuss. If you look for imperfections in your marriage, listen, you will undoubtedly find more than you know what to deal with if you're looking for it. If you look for all the reasons why this church has or will disappoint you, you'll find what you're looking for. Things will slip through the cracks. We'll overlook things. People will get hurt. People will get disappointed. If you find the perfect church, don't join it because you mess it up because churches are made of people and you're one of them. You find what you're looking for. And what you look for is determined by your attitude. One can come into church looking for God and he'll find them. One can come to church looking for a religious faith and he'll find them. They'll go both, both of them leave from the same worship service and have two completely different conclusions about the church service and how it went. Based upon what? What they were looking for. Which was based upon what? Their attitude. Attitude 
is a small thing that makes a big difference. Don't let ever anybody convince you that it's okay to have a bad attitude. Let me tell you this. Here's an excuse I'm going to try to bust right here. Well, that's just the way I am. I'll never change. You better change. It'll kill you. And you can change. You can change. Ain't that what the power of the gospel is about? Changing a, 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 a sinful man? Amen. Do you reckon Adam and Eve before the fall in the garden had a bad attitude? Highly doubt it because there was no sin in the picture. So bad attitudes are a direct result of what? Sin. Well, if the blood of Jesus takes care of the sin, why can't it also take care of a bad attitude? <laughs> Woo, I'm enjoying this message right here. Let me tell you something. I'm afraid to know what all I missed in the last 15 to 20 years of my Christian experience because of some bad attitudes that I've let fester in my heart. I want this, I'm going to break it down where we live. I'm going to get honest with you. I was a member for about 10 years of what I feel is one of the, was one of the most the best churches in America. Peace Saving Baptist Church in Yacomville, North Carolina. Fine church. You couldn't find a finer one. And I thank God for my experience there, most of which was positive. There's a couple years that I got around some people that had a bad attitude while I was there at the church. And they always saw what was, not, not what was going right, but what was going wrong. There's always the one to point out, well, the preacher shouldn't have said this, or the preacher shouldn't have done that, or, or this could be done different, or I don't understand why they did this, and blah, 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 blah. And I hung around that mess so long that I started seeing things the way they saw things. Before I entered into their world, I had a good attitude. But it was the way they believed and perceived things to be that influenced my negative attitude. And then for a period, a season of time in my life, I went to church probably for a couple of years, Brother Jim, not noticing the positive, not noticing what God was doing, but noticing all the things that was wrong and why this church might not be the best church for me. And it was all because of what I was looking for and the attitude that I had and, and, and what I was allowing people to speak in my spirit. And I hate to know what I would have, what I could have got, what I'd have today had I not listened to that junk. And I continue to look for the good. Because we're going to find bad regardless. It's going to be there. It ain't going to do any of us any good to dwell on it. And I feel like that many churches plateau in their growth because they get to a level where Satan puts seeds. Remember that message I preached, Brother C.O., after I first took the church on, there's poison in the pot. Poison in the pot. Many churches get to a place where they can't go any farther because there's so many, nah, 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 we can't do this, we can't do that, we've never done it before, we won't never do it, we can't do this. This old stinking, rotten attitude that is stifling our growth and hindering our development in God. Bad attitude is sin. Because bad attitude is not of faith. What does the Bible say? Let me break it down for you. Whatsoever is not of faith is what? Sin. You say, well, I'm living in reality, Brother Gary. 
Well, I am too. And I'm having a good time doing it. I found out that my, my, my reality changed when my attitude changed. That's right. Brother C.L., I've got more friends now than I ever did. Because I've got a good attitude. I feel like I do. Sometimes I don't, but I try to correct it. Amen. Spirit of God nails it on the head, and you know what I do? I get on my knees and ask God to forgive me and try to do better. And you ought to, too. People who have bad attitudes have few friends. Nobody wants to be around a grouch, a sourpuss, somebody that's always grumbling and complaining and depressed, talking about everybody, running the church down, running the preacher down. Well, if I was a preacher, I'd do this. Well, you ain't the preacher. That was one of the biggest things that affected the way I thought about that church I was a member of. Things the preacher do that other people didn't like. I had no problem with it until they said something about it. And then I'm like, you know what? You got a point there. You see what I'm talking about? And I hate to think what I lost because of a bad attitude. I was doing just fine without that bad attitude. Please don't give it to me again. I don't need it. I was doing great. And what I've come to realize is you don't know what you would do if you was a preacher until you are the preacher. Brother C.L., I understand more today as a pastor why my previous pastor in North Carolina made the decisions he made and did the things he did than I ever have before. I have a renewed respect and appreciation for him. And I'm like, what was wrong with me? I've woken up and realized that the person that was wrong was me, not anybody else. Because I looked at things the wrong way with the wrong perspective. And see, Satan will just get you on the backside of a circumstance and get, get you looking at it from the wrong perspective. Amen. Bad attitude. Not a faith. Sin. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> Hebrews 11, 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that... Cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. See how positive that is? <laughs> Woo! I want to tell you this morning you need to be positive. Be positive. Did you know it's been medically proven? I'm going to give you an illustration here. Brother Ronnie, it's been medically proven there's been people sick in the hospital that were given nothing more than a sugar pill. And because they believed that that pill was helping them, they got better. It's been medically proven that the ones who was given no medicine had the same condition, no worse than the other one, died. And what was missing was the element of faith. And a good attitude. See, when you have no faith, you have no drive or ambition to move forward. What's the point? Do you want to know why I feel that this church is not already filled up with people? And I hope I'm wrong, but I feel it's because the majority of us probably don't see it happening. 
if we think it's happening, we, we come up with all the reasons why we shouldn't do what it would actually take to make it happen. Well, I go on visitation, but I'm busy. And, and we prop ourselves up with all these excuses as to why we shouldn't do what it takes to get the job done and why we don't think we can do it. And if you don't think you can do it, then guess what? You'll never do it. <laughs> if you don't think you can do it, then you'll never do it. Why try? Because you don't believe it's worth the effort. Am I making sense? You act upon your beliefs. If you don't believe it's worth a worthy cause, you're not going to invest any time in it. If you don't believe in tithing, if you have a twisted, warped view on tithing in the Scripture and you don't believe what we preach about tithing, you're not a tither because of the way you believe about tithing. And you need to change your thinking to match it up with the Word of God. See, what needs adjusting is not God, it's our attitude that needs adjusting. Our perspective, the way we see things. I'll give you one more illustration to help you understand the difference, uh, how big a difference just a different angle or perspective on something can be. We have fossil records that speak of our past history as, an, as, the, as to the age of the earth, age of the universe, have fossil records. There's two different opposing viewpoints upon what those fossil records tell us about our past. There is the biblical viewpoint that God created the earth in six days, on the seventh day He rested, and that this earth is a young earth, about six, maybe 7,000 years old, based upon the Word of God. And we see from the perspective and through the lens of the Scripture that we interpret that information to support the, the, the Noah, Noah's flood. The different rock layers. If there's a massive worldwide flood, don't you know it's going to develop uh, hundreds and thousands of rock layers on top of one another? All right, so here's a Christian perspective on how to interpret these rock layers. Then you take someone who's godless, they throw the Bible out and don't even consider its input. They have to look at it from a completely different perspective. They've got to make up things, make up lies, fabricate lies to believe that this earth is millions of years old and that it comes through about a big bang and all those bad bunch of junk. Two completely different worldviews because one of them is looking at it from a different perspective through a different lens. That's like, much like our attitudes. Our attitudes are based upon our beliefs. And if our beliefs are wrong, we've got to change our beliefs. A child of God should never have these two words in their vocabulary. I can't. A child of God should never have the two words I can't in their vocabulary. Who gave us that perspective? It wasn't the Word of God. It was a bad attitude. Because the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How come we can preach on John, uh, we can shout on John 3.16 but we have a hard time shouting on that verse because we've been taught wrong. 
There's something about a bad attitude that you've, you've got to learn that it's not healthy for you. And you think that your bad attitude is the right perspective. You think, well, if everybody saw things the way I saw them, they'd have the same attitude I've got. And you think you're right, but you're dead wrong. Amen? Bad attitudes are sinful. They're wrong. They come from a wrong perspective. If it don't line up with this book, then it's the wrong attitude to have. Amen. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I would have to say that the bad attitude is uh, the devil's best companion. Best companion. He camouflages himself so, so carefully that it's hard to identify him sometimes. I mean, you know, the you know someone who hormones, we can identify them as someone that's out of God's will. Amen. <laughs> someone who steals from the church, you know, comes in here and don't pay their tithes, and you know they're not a tithe. You can identify them as a thief. But sometimes it's hard to detect someone with a bad attitude, especially if you're on their side. Because you think the way they think, and you don't see nothing wrong with it. I've seen too many people leave a church over a bad attitude. There was nothing wrong but the way they saw things. That was the only problem. Amen. Don't let it happen to you, church. Fill your mind and your heart full of faith and hope and a good attitude. Amen. Romans fourteen twenty three. He that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Listen church, we can build the church. We can have a revival meeting and give the evangelists a good love offering. Amen. We can fix the floor. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? We can reach more sinners for the glory of God. We can fill the church with the help of the Lord. We can finish the new sanctuary and move into it. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. Say, well, we'll never do it with this crowd. There you go with your stinking attitude. Stop that! Stop it! You're killing us! Don't need that. I have enough trouble with my own doubts and worries and fears. I don't need yours compounded on top of them. I'm trying to lead you into the promised land and I'm trying to fight my own battles on the way, amen, and I certainly don't need you to help me. Amen. We can do this. Just because it... Listen, church, just because it may not have ever been done before don't mean it won't happen. Amen. <laughs> We've been struggling for years. Looks like it's just going to be that way till Jesus comes. I'm sorry, but your attitude stinks and it's killing us. It don't have to be that way. We can do this. We can build this church. We can build it for the glory of God. And I say with the help of the Lord, we're going to. Amen. Because I have a good attitude about it. And God's going to bless that. You say, I don't believe that, Brother Gary. Just hang on. I've got some more verses to prove you wrong. 
Amen. <laughs> what about this one? What about Philippians 4 8? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, I say good report, the Bible says good report, amen. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what does the Bible say to do? Think on these things. So if you need a Bible for why to have a good attitude, there it is. Write it down, underline it, mark it, amen. Memorize it, Philippians 4, 8. Hallelujah. I know you're going to shout, shout me down when I go to preaching on queers and homosexuals and stuff like that, but we need to be shouting about this verse. That's exactly right. Let, can I say this, church? From this day forward, bad attitudes are unacceptable in, in my presence. If I hear you talking negative, I'm going to call it. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to call it like it is, right on the spot. I'm going to let you know you got a bad attitude. I'll do it. Don't you test me. Brother Jim? <laughs> Amen. You will always act upon what you believe. If you believe you can't, then you won't. If you believe you can, then you will. You'll get her done. <laughs> Alright, Romans eight thirty seven. They in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor any things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, whatever the devil goes and throws at me next, amen, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that a positive message or a negative one? Positive. Now, I know we give these positive thinkers hell. But what did God, some of us Baptists, would learn how to think positive once in a while? Amen. Somebody say amen out there. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with thinking positive as long as you're not denying the reality of your sin and you need to get it under the blood. And then the blood will fix that, won't it? Amen. That's right. Now, you know, the lost man, he has no reason to get excited because he's going to hell. But we're saved. We're children of the king. We're heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We've got the keys of the kingdom of God in our hands, the power of God at our disposal, the resources of heaven at our disposal, and we sit around in gloom and despair and agony on me with a bad, rotten attitude, and we sit right here on the stool of doing us and never do anything for God because we've always believed we can't and we'll always act upon that belief. And I say it's just time to snap out of it and start trusting God. Amen. Because whatsoever is not a faith is sin. And that includes a bad attitude. Are you hearing me this morning? Matthew 21, 22 says, All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. That's a promise, ain't it? Let me read it again. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. So is there any truth to the fact that if I pray a prayer and it doesn't come to pass, it's probably because I didn't believe it? Probably a lot of truth to that when you conclude. Amen. And we, we all say, well, the Lord just must not have been willing. But more times than not, it's not because the Lord wasn't willing. It's because we wasn't willing to believe Him. 
Amen. My God, could you imagine what kind of faith we'd have if we was them disciples that witnessed the resurrection of Jesus and His ascension up into heaven? No wonder they turned the world upside down. But you know what Jesus said? He said, Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. Huh. In other words, if we believe who have not seen Jesus, like those that believe that did, we could do just as much for God as they did. <laughs> your reality is shaped by your attitude, not vice versa. See, some of you think your attitude is shaped by your reality. Change your reality. Get full of faith and watch God move mountains. Yes, that mountain's in your life. Yes, that problem's in your life. But faith can move the mountain, hallelujah, and your reality can change. <laughs> I've told this before, I'll tell it again. I remember the time, and Amy remembers it well. Went up on the mountain and prayed one night. I had a bad attitude about life, bad attitude about ministry, bad attitude about what God was doing in life. Didn't understand God, what He was doing. I questioned God, why, 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 whining and complaining and belly aching about how, how my life sucks. Excuse the expression. Amen. How my life stinks. Sorry about that. I was up on the mountain praying. And the Holy Ghost eased down on me. And I melted before His presence. And the Spirit of God made intercession for me that night because I didn't have enough sense to pray this prayer. But God helped me pray it. I said, Lord... I don't want you to change my circumstances. I'm going to quit praying that. I want you to change me. When I prayed that prayer, Brother Seal, literally I felt a weight lift off of me. And from that day forward, my life, circumstances, started getting better and better and better and better because God was not wanting to fix all my problems. He was wanting to fix my bad attitude. And when my attitude changed, my faith in God and my appreciation and respect for God and His sovereignty in my life changed and because my belief system and my faith in God was built up, God then had something to work with. <laughs> Woo, I thank Him for His sovereignty and His wisdom. Wow. Has it ever occurred to you that your reality could change for the better? If, I say, if you would change your attitude and adopt the attitude of gratitude. An excellent spirit. Let me give you this Bible verse. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find a place to close here. Daniel 6, 3. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Write this down. Daniel 6, 3. Hallelujah. Because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now something you don't understand about Daniel, well, you may not, you might if you're a student of the word, this was at a point in time where the children of Israel was in bondage. And the Bible said Daniel, one of the people of God, had an excellent spirit. You know what an excellent spirit is? Let me break it down for you. Good attitude. Good attitude. He didn't see, oh, woe is us, we'll never pull out of this. He saw, I serve a mighty God anyway. It might be rough, but it'll get better. Tomorrow we'll be better than today. 
He always looked for the better and not for the worse. He always looked for the good and not for the bad. And he's got what he's looking for because the Bible said that, uh, and if you'll read on down on that text, don't have the time to look at it, it said that the Lord prospered him because of his excellent spirit. What? You mean if I just change my attitude and start looking at things on the bright side, and looking at things according to the Word of God and full of faith, and God's going to prosper me? Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And I didn't write the book God did, so if God don't do it, it's His fault, and God ain't going to lie. <laughs> you know why we need to change our attitudes? Because we need the favor of God. And we read the opening text, the people complained and it displeased the Lord and started dropping like flies. We're killing ourselves, church. We're killing ourselves with a stinking, rotten disposition. This old gloom and this cloud over our head. And the Son of God is trying to break through our cloud and say, look, I'm still on the throne. I'm still in control. If you believe me, amen, all things are possible to those that believe. Step out on faith. Step out on a limb. Trust God with your life. I'd rather step out on a limb and take a risk than I had to stay up next to the tree hugging it. Just trust Him. I told you this, Miss Diane. If you'll believe God and trust Him, He'll not disappoint you. And I don't take that back. I mean that with all my heart if ever more today than I did yesterday. If you will believe God, He will not disappoint you. Because that Bible says so. And if that's, the, if that's not the case, I'll quit the ministry. I'll close the Bible and I'll go to the house. For my God's bigger than that, that. Amen. My God's bigger than the way we think about things. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord, you people. That means to make God bigger in your mind. Make God bigger in your perception of Him. God can't get any bigger than He already is, but He can get bigger in our attitude and the way we think about Him. Amen. If you don't, if your God ain't big enough to do, fix your problem this morning, you need, to, you need to ask Him to give you, show you more of Him this morning. God, I would see Jesus. <laughs> Woo! That's what we need is a fresh glimpse of Jesus this morning. We can see Him in all of His glory and all of His splendor. They, we, we come out of that throne room, we come out of that prayer room, praise God, ready to charge hell with a water pistol, knowing that God's going to help us out. Amen. Ain't nothing too big for God. I talked to my Sunday school class this morning. Which, by the way, if you miss Sunday school class, you miss some good stuff. Not that I taught it, but God taught me something that I shared and I felt like it would be a blessing to you. Amen. I won't say any more. But, Said this, faith is a substance of things hoped for. It occurred to me this morning, I was getting ready for church, and the Spirit of God showed this to me. Substance is tangible, stuff. Faith is the substance, the stuff, the materials of things hoped for. Brother Jim, if you decide to build something, you build a, draw a blueprint. Amen. Uh, you order the materials. And when you get the materials all delivered and you're ready to start building, you're going to look at that pile of materials 
And in the eye of faith, you can see what it's going to become when you assemble it and put it together. The blueprints is the manifest. You know, faith is faith is that pile of lumber. It's the substance of our future. It may not all come together yet, but I know it's going to happen. Faith is the substance. You cannot build a building without materials. And you cannot do mighty exploits for God without faith. Because faith is the substance. Faith is what makes that become a reality. You have nothing to work with without materials. You have nothing to work with without faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it says the evidence of things not seen. Well, I don't see this. <laughs> I don't see this building full yet physically with my eyeball this morning, but I see evidence that it's full because I have faith. Amen. I can see it through the eye of faith, and that's my substance. That's what I got to work with. That's all I got to work with. But that's all I need. Because the Bible says, what does it say? You shall have the faith of a grain of mustard seed. God don't need much faith. He just needs a little bit. Jesus asked this question, and I guess I can understand why people don't have more faith than they do, because I went for years without any. He said, when I return, shall I find faith? When God returns, when Jesus returns in the clouds, will he find faith? He's not asking for much. Just a faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. There's no coincidence that he used mustard seed for an example. Because you know what a seed does, don't you? <laughs> the what? It grows and it reproduces, multiplies. God says, if you'll just give me a little faith, I will multiply it and build upon it, adding faith to faith. <laughs> your faith will grow, building up your most holy faith. But you've got to make one little deposit. Just, just I mean, y'all know what a mustard seed looks like. Most of you ladies probably do. Some of you guys probably do. So small that you can, I mean, if I dropped it, I'd lose it in the car. I probably couldn't find it. I had to get down and look real close. I mean, just real tiny. It looks smaller than a BB. Amen. Just that much space. Can remove mountains. Could it be, church? And I close with this thought. Sister Amy, get ready to play the invitation. Could it be that what has stolen our faith is a bad attitude? I really believe this with all of my heart. If we really took this message that I preached this morning seriously, I really believe this. It would change our whole life. It will change your life at home. It will change our worship services, our atmosphere. It will change this ministry if we got an attitude adjustment from the Holy Ghost.